with me this evening to the book of Psalms, Psalm 34. We're continuing a series that we begun a couple of weeks ago. And we begin talking about the life of praise. How many believe that your life should be a life of praise? Lifestyle of praise, just a way of life. Praising God, thanking God, worshiping God, giving glory to God, ought to be just like breathing. Right? You breathe and you blink your eyes and your heart beats and you say, praise the Lord. Right? Sometimes people say, ah, y'all just have a habit of that. Yeah. And it's a good one. Right? It's a lot better than the one you have if you don't have that. Right? No, we're taught to have this habit or this habitual lifestyle. So Psalm 34, if you would turn there. Let's pray and then we'll read our text. Father, we thank you for being so good to us. How wonderful you've been and you are. We reverence your word tonight. Acknowledging what a price that has been paid so we could have this book. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit, the greatest teacher in all the earth. Thank you that he's here tonight in us and in our midst to teach us. We yield to him and respond to him. Give everybody eyes that see and ears that hear. Heart open and receptive. Give us the unveiling and unfolding of truth. That we might see and be free. And we purpose by your grace to not discount or take lightly your things. Or be hearers only. But we will be doers. Those who put these things into practice and live by them. As you remind us and help us. And we know as we do we will be blessed. Because you are faithful to watch over your word and perform it. In Jesus name. Amen. Everybody said out loud I'm a doer. Not just a hearer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. You understand now that's the only people that get results. Right? It's not just the meeting goers. It's not just church goers. It's not just book readers or tape players or note takers. It's only the doers that get results. And who are you? That wasn't everybody. But the ones that answered, you know, and believe that and do it, those are the ones that get results. We're doers. So let's read what we're doing here, what scripture we're talking about acting upon tonight. In fact, let's just all read it out loud together, verse 1 through 3 of Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually Be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. That covers a lot of ground, doesn't it? I'll bless the Lord. At all times. How many times? 
we asked the question a couple of weeks ago. When should you praise the Lord? And we saw specific scripture that said we're supposed to praise him every morning. Right? We saw scriptures that talked about praising him when the sun went down. Praising him at midnight. Praising him all day long. Right? And this talks about continually and all the time. His praise will continually be. Now that's not just in your mind. That's not just in your heart. That's what? Say that again. In my mouth. mouth. Now you know we got millions of Christians that think they're different from us. And think, you know, because they're X brand denomination, you know, or, you know, people even talk about, uh, you know, my background or, well, I'm from the East or I'm from the North or I'm from this or I'm European or I'm the, and they think that that means, well, it's okay. I just praise the Lord quietly in my heart. Well, cool, great. But you're supposed to open that mouth too, right? And let some volume come out. Right? And that's not just a wild, Pentecostal, charismatic concept. That's a Bible verse. Right? So forget about how conservative you think you are. Sometimes people say, well, that's just not me. I'm just, I'm just, maybe the word you're looking for is bound. I'm just bound. And you need to get free. Right? And when you get free, like the psalmist said, boy, when the Lord turned our captivity, we were like them to dream. We said the Lord has done great things, good things for us. And when you're full of victory and you're full of faith, you'll be full of praise. It'll come out of your mouth. It'll build up in you. It's kind of like a tea kettle. You know, the victory and, and the joy and the strength just begins to build up in you, build up in you, like that pot of water, you know, on the eye. And after a while, what happens? You don't hear anything for a while. I mean, it's quiet, but not for long. Because when that pressure builds up, oh, you're going to hear it. That thing's going to start singing, right? Well, that's the way when you get full. I said, when you get full. It's going to come out of your mouth, right? And you know, somebody asked me about faith one time and they said, well, you know, about relative to confession, how do I know when I'm really, you know, it's working in me? I said, it's like this. How many know in your car you would know if it was full, even if you didn't have a gauge? Could you tell it was full or not? You pull up to the gas pump. Right? Take the cap off. So, well, the gauge not work. There's no way I can tell if it's full or not. Oh, yeah, there's a way. Right? There's a way. You just put that nozzle in there and start pumping. Is it full? We're not sure. Well, then what do you do? What if you pump a little bit and then you stop and go, well, I just don't know how much is in there. I wish I could know. But there's no way. Of, oh, there's a way of knowing. Just keep putting it in. Right? Just keep pumping. And after a while, if you keep pumping long enough, won't be too long, what will happen? It'll start kicking back, spitting out the mouth of that thing. Is that right? So what you do is you just take the nozzle of the Word of God. And you stick it in your ear. How will I know when I get full, Brother Keith? 
Oh, you just keep pumping, right? Just keep pumping, pumping faith and victory and the word of God and healing and prosperity and authority. Just keep pumping, pumping, pumping. When you get full, it'll start kicking out of your mouth. You'll begin to go, glory to God. Whoo. Thank you, Jesus. They say, oh, you're just becoming one of them wild people. No, you're becoming somebody full of God. And it comes out of your mouth. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's not charismatic, Pentecostal faith. That's Bible, Bible, Bible. And it's the way we should live. Amen. So we went into some detail about when we should praise the Lord. Now, last week, we got into some detail about where, where you should praise the Lord. A lot of wonderful things there. The Bible says we're to praise him in front of our children, right? Your family should hear you praising God out loud at your house, right? See, there's a lot of people that, you know, they put on a good show at church, but at home, they're mean as a junkyard dog, man. I mean, they just, they gripe and they grumble. And you don't hear praising, you hear snapping. You might know what snapping is? Snapping and biting and just mean and fleshy. Preachers too. I've run across some preachers that bless their hearts. I mean, they look pretty good on the platform, but they just, you know, not very nice to be around. Well, real Christianity, we're supposed to be full of love all the time. Full of victory all the time, right? And even if you don't feel like it, that's when you get yourself by the ear and say, come on now, you're going to praise the Lord. You don't feel like, I didn't ask you what you felt like. Hush, here we go. Today is the day the Lord's made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. Praise you, Lord. You don't have to feel like it to say it. I said, you don't have to feel like it, but just begin. And when you step out by faith, your feelings will begin to change. And like we've already said, one of the biggest deal is how full of God you are. I got a message I preach sometimes called, what are you full of? (laughs) As you might imagine, it gets interesting. But people are full of all kind of stuff. Right? I mean, some people are full of soap operas. They're just full of them. I heard somebody, you know, it's been a while back, and they were talking about so-and-so had run off. With his brother's wife's daughter. And so and so was this and that. And the more I heard it I thought. Whoa. What? This is all on the soap. And they were talking about it like it was their friends. I mean like it was that you know. They're full of that. Some people are just full of sports. It's okay to enjoy sports. But you can just be too full of it. That's all they talk about. That's all they want to talk about. That's all they're interested in. Right? Some people are just full of their business. That's all they think about. Is that okay that that's all you think about? Is your business? It's not okay. All you think about. And that's all you talk about. Some people are just full of their kids. Is that okay? That's not okay either. You shouldn't be that that's all you think about. And that's all you talk about. Your kids and your grandkids and your stuff. Because that's still being selfish. Just you. You and your stuff. How many believe you should be full of God? If you're full of God, then what do you want to talk about? What do you think about? His things. Amen. And when you're full of God, you will also be full of praise. Full of praise. Just a natural thing for you. So that we're talking about that. And that keeps coming up about what are we full of. 
But we talked about where we should praise him. The Bible talked about praising him in the congregation, publicly, praising him at home privately, and praising him in front of the heathen. That we're not intimidated. They'll cuss him in front of you. Right? So why would you be intimidated to appraise him in front of them? Now you don't do it for their benefit. You don't do it to show them something. That's fake and false. But it ought to be just so natural to you that you're praising God. You know, something comes up. You know, it happens to me all the time. And the Lord blesses me. And God worked something out for me. And I'll say, praise God. Sometimes people look at you, you know. Well, I didn't, I wasn't trying to impress them with anything. That's just me. Right? But I don't apologize for it. Did you understand that now? I don't go, oh, I'm sorry. I should have. They should be saying it too. Right? I got nothing to be sorry about. If they don't do it, they're wrong. That was weak. <clears throat> do you understand this? There is only one God. Only one master and savior, Jesus. There is no life. There is no creation. There is no salvation. There is no future without him. Period. People that don't believe it are wrong. They're deceived. They're in the dark. Right? If you don't know him and you don't love him, you're wrong. Period. Someone said, well, you're narrow. Yeah, and saved. The Bible said there is a broad way. It leads to destruction. And the way to life is straight and narrow. Aren't there many ways that lead to God, Brother Keith? Absolutely only one way. One way. Well, people worship God in their own way. No, uh uh-uh, uh-uh. You have to go through Jesus. And that's it. Right? Any other way is destruction and damnation in the end. We don't need to dance around these issues. We need to be very plain because it's only the truth that makes you free. You don't help people by letting them stay in darkness and fall off into the pit. No, no. Well, tonight, let's get into something. I don't know that we'll be able to finish all this tonight. Uh, probably we won't. But uh, you're planning on coming back some more, aren't you? We will get in tonight, I believe, to talking about why. Why we should praise the Lord. Why we should. Would you go with me over to uh, Revelation, the 19th chapter. Revelation, chapter 19. I know these questions sound simple, but as you can already see from the first two, they're a lot more involved than you think. Right? How many from going over these scriptures, it means more to you to say, when should you praise the Lord? And where should you praise Him? I mean, a lot of times people think, well, I already know the answer. You want me to say all the time. I don't want you to say anything. I'm not asking, what do you believe? Is it based on the Bible? Right? You got to watch about a quick answer. I've learned, you know, I was flying with a, an instructor on these last few days, and he'd ask me sometimes about, did I know this? Well, a lot of times I did. But instead of saying, I know, I'd say, tell me. You understand what I mean? And I learned some things. The people that think they know a lot are the people who are the most ignorant. It's a fact. Brother Hagin, my father in the faith, he used to say this all the time. He said, you know, the more you learn, the less you see you knew. You know, I used to teach a course at the Bible school on um, humility and on pride. And, uh, you know, as the Lord leads us, we may get into some of those things sometime. Very, very important. Essential. And uh, 
Uh, sometimes people, uh, after several weeks of being in the course, they'd say, you know, Brother Keith, I never used to have any trouble with pride till I took your course. <laughs> I said, well, you don't have trouble with what you yield to. See, they're just yielding to it ignorantly, not even aware of it. But as you begin to be aware of it, you begin to realize how much pride you've been in. And you begin to learn. So many things are that way. And some of the people that have been the most adamant and argumentative want to come argue with me about something I taught or about the Bible. It was just pitiful how ignorant of the Bible they were. They wanted to argue, but they couldn't even find a verse, you know. It was sad. But these are the people who think they know the most. You understand what I mean by they think they know a whole lot. That's one reason you should read the Bible regularly. Because if you really read the Bible reverently and humbly, you're always being made aware of things you don't know. And things you don't know. And it helps keep you in reality. Where if you stay out of the Bible a long period of time, you get to thinking you know something. You get to thinking you're pretty smart and you know about as much as anybody else and you're in trouble. You're in the dark and you're unteachable. And that's a bad, bad situation. And so that's why I say, you know, even there were some things today. We're flying in and something came up and this man asked me about it. And I pretty much knew it, but I said, tell me. So he began to talk. And sure enough, at the end, he added something that I hadn't thought about. But if you just say, yeah, I know it. I got it. I already know it. Some friends of ours, their little boy, he was start, was it kindergarten? First grade. And he had started, he was saying all the time, he got in a habit of saying, I know it. I know it. Little ones, you know. And uh, everything they'd say, he'd say, I know it. I know it. And he went to school like a day or two. And he came home and he said, you know, I don't want to go to school anymore. And his mama said, why? He said, I already know it. (laughs) And... uh, She said, you do not. She said, there's so much you don't know. He said, what? (laughs) Now, let's just stop right here. Now, we laugh about that, but what is that? But it's childish, isn't it? It's childish and because of extreme ignorance. It's bad to be dumb, but it's bad when you're so dumb, you don't even know you're dumb. (laughs) Right? And that is the situation of so many people. But see, spiritually, you could be 60 years old and be exactly the same way, right? I know it. I already know that. Yeah, I did that three times. I know it. Well, you might know a half a thing about it. But what do you mean you know it? And um, he said, I already know it. And she said, you do not. He said, well, what I don't know. And she said, she began to name. She tried to think of some things that he couldn't have known. And she asked him about this, a thing in science and a thing in math and a thing in history. And he said, do you know that? And he said, no. She said, well, what about this? Do you know that? And he said, mm-mm. Another thing, do you know that? Mm-mm. She said, well, see there? He said, well, I know everything except them three things. And you can tell me that. <laughs> but that's childish isn't it that's childish don't be like that so watch out about i know it have you found your scripture revelation 19 what are we talking about now why should we praise the lord why should we 
In Revelation 19 and 5. Revelation 19.5 said, A voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye servants, and you that fear him, both small and great. Do what? Praise our God. Psalm 150 verse 6. You remember it. You don't have to turn to it necessarily. But he said, Let everything that has breath... Praise the Lord, right? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Then he said again, praise ye the Lord. Why should we praise the Lord? Well, one reason, he told us to, right? He told us to. And if you didn't understand any other reason than that, how many understand? That's enough, right? We must do things by faith. This is what gets so many people in trouble because if they don't understand it and they can't see the reasons why, then they're not going to do it. And that's what that is, is insisting on walking by sight and refusing to walk by faith. The Lord will direct you, you know, that's why I have an issue with some of these so-called child psychology experts that don't even know God. And sometimes you'd be surprised to find out what a mess their kids are in. Did you hear me? And yet they write all these books and they're supposed to know all this stuff. And they teach things contrary to the Bible. And some of the things like this, they say, oh, you should never, you know, tell your child, do it just because I said so. And if the child says, well, why? You say, well, because I said so. Oh, never do that. I've heard people say, oh, you don't do that. You got to explain it to them. Well, where does faith come in? Where does faith come in? Does God ever do us that way? Does he ever tell us, do it, because I said so? All of, And you think, why? I don't understand. And he doesn't explain it to you? He doesn't explain everything to you. Right? He expects us to walk by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things. Not You don't see it. You don't understand it. That's what faith is all about. And so all the time he's telling us, do this, why? Well, the fact that he told us should be enough. Shouldn't have to understand it. Now, if you'll follow along, the Bible said, then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord, you will begin to understand some things. But you can't require that I understand first, then I'm going to do it. That's being rebellious. That's refusing to walk by faith, and it's being disrespectful of the things of God. No, you don't demand, I've got, well, I've got, have you ever heard people talk like that? Well, now I got to see that first. When it comes to the things of God, you best not be that way. You better just do what he said. If he said, do it, why? He said, do it, right? Do it. This is the key to getting miracles in your life. I know that's a big statement, but I say it boldly. It is the key. To get miracles, the key to miracles is so simple, a two or three year old could understand it. It's what uh, Jesus' mother said to him at the wedding feast of Canaan. Whatever he says to you, do it. Right? And then not long after that, he told them, fill up the water pots with water. Now they could have legitimately, you know, from the natural said, why? I mean, we got a party going on. We don't need water. We ran out of wine. And if I bring in a big slog of water here, to, you know, 
captain of the feast here, I could be in trouble. These are servants. They could wind up out of the house and in hard labor or, you know. But they didn't try to figure it out. Why get water? That's not what we need. No, just do it. And they did it and they had a major miracle. Right? How many understand Naaman? He almost missed his miracle. By the same thing, the prophet told him, go down into the river and dip seven times. He got mad. Peeled, you know, burn a tire, getting out of the driveway. <laughs> Said, Puh, I came over here. Does he not know who I am? I'm Naaman, commander in chief of the armies of Syria. The man don't even come to see me. Sends his servant out here, tells me go dip in the river. I don't need a bath. Do I stink? <laughs> he almost missed it. They're riding along, going back home, and he's in a huff. And his servant said, you know, we came prepared with money. We were prepared to do big stuff. Why not just do what he said? And he rode along quiet a little bit, and he said, you know, why don't we just go do what he said? (laughs) Servant said, that's a good idea. (laughs) They turned the limo around, chariot limo, and... Went to the river and he did without understanding why. How many understand that's faith? That's faith. With faith. He did what the Lord told him to do and had a miracle. Leprous flesh became clean and smooth as a young child's. Oh, thank God. Just do. Say it out loud. Just do. What he says. I know that's so simple, but how many understand millions are missing this? He says do this and they say, Why? I don't see any reason to go to church. Why do I have to go to church? I don't see. Why should I give? Why should I pray? I want to have to read the Bible. I mean, I read it one time. Right? Because the Lord said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Just like you got to eat food to sustain your body. You got to eat the bread of God, the word of God to sustain your spirit. But you shouldn't have to understand. Just do what he said. He said, praise him. I mean, I can show you many other places. We'll see them as we go through. But how many understand? He said, praise him. That should be good enough. What do we do? Praise him. him. I mean, what does our text say? I will bless the Lord at all times. times My praise shall, his praise will continually be in my mouth. He said it. It's good enough. Right? Why should we praise the Lord? Because he said so. That ought to be good enough. Right? Many, many other things the same way. Well, uh, let's go on though. Here's another reason why we should praise him. And oh, I like this. We should praise him because he is worthy. He is worthy of our praise. Now, another way of saying that is he deserves it. He deserves our praise. He deserves it. Worth, worthy. He's worth praising. Now I'm going to go into some detail on this one. Go with me over to the Psalms now. Psalm 107. Everybody say, He's worthy. worthy. Well, just going back to Psalm 18. We'll work our way up to there. Psalm 18. Why should we praise the Lord? 
He's worthy. Psalm 18, verse 1. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, and whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. How many understand? If he is your rock and your fortress and your deliverer and your God and your strength and your buckler and your salvation and he's your high tower, if he's all that for you, you ought to praise him. Right? Why should we praise him? He is worth praising. Right? I mean, let's take it down to natural stuff. You know, somebody was asking me about a certain food item this week. And uh, it wasn't too hot. (laughs) And so they asked me about it. So they said, well, how was that? And I said, "Eh, it's all right. Well, I didn't praise it because it wasn't worth praising, right? But uh, Miss Diane fixed me some food that I brought on the airplane, and we were uh, we were ripping along at 490 miles an hour. That's smoking, brother. It was 50 degrees below zero. Outside the cabin, we were nice and cozy, warm inside and pulled out some of that food. And I mean, the pilot said, man, where'd you get this? I said, some folks in our church fixed this. We praise that because it was worthy, right? I'm just saying some things are worthy to be praised. Some are not. Some things are nice and wonderful and good, and some things are duds and yes. not good, Amen. right? Yes. You don't just praise everything the same. It wouldn't mean anything when you did praise. Amen. You know, Phyllis, uh, she's my best help, and she also, you know, if something comes up in preaching for all these years, you know, I don't ask her every time, you know, was that okay, was that good? I don't ask that, you know. I do the best I know. And sometimes she'll say, man, that was good. And then sometimes she don't say anything. <laughs> but if she just said, oh, wonderful, wonderful, amazing all the time, well, then it wouldn't mean anything. You understand what I'm saying? And if it wasn't too good and she said it was great, you know, we should be supportive, but we should not flatter I mean, you can tell somebody, oh, I don't know, that didn't seem too good. That doesn't mean you don't love them. That don't mean you don't believe in them. Did you hear me? And there's a difference. Trying to undermine somebody's confidence in their self and, you know, revealing that you don't believe in them. Now, that's really bad. But at the same time, you don't just go on and on, you know. <laughs> Boy, here's one. I mean, if she says, honey, does this look good on me? You know, not everything is worthy to be praised. Right? You can just say, 
Well, it's there now, isn't it? <laughs> Looks like good heavy material. <laughs> because some things flatter and some things do not, right? That's with every, all of us. But if you just got the standard, now men, I'm talking to you now, you just got the standard answer all the time. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. Whether you praise in everything and your praise doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Now, ladies, if he happened to say, well, I don't know that that looks the best. I don't know if that looks as good as the other. That's my opinion. If you get mad, then you're a baby. You need to grow up, right? Right? Really? We're not talking about being mean. We're just, if you ask somebody for their opinion, you need to be ready for them to give you something less than a glowing report. Right? If you can't take anything less than an amazing accolade, then you shouldn't be asking. You can't take it. Well, I'm just saying not everything is worthy to be praised. Not everything is. Certainly the devil is not worthy to be praised. Right? All of his stuff. Sickness should not be praised. Poverty should not be praised. It is not worthy. Right? But healing is worthy. God's faithful provision is worthy. He is worthy. He is worth praising. You won't find anything or anybody more worth praising than him. He's perfect. He's wonderful. He's good. Say it out loud. He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. Now let's read some more things here in the 107th Psalm. This whole psalm deals with this issue. And you can hear the heart of God coming through this, showing what people are not doing and what they should be doing. One of the reasons why we should praise him under the same thought of him being worthy is because he made us. He is our creator. He created us. Not only did he create us, he sustains us every millisecond. Right? People talk about, well, you know, do you believe in creation or not? All you've got to do is see the sun come up again. Not only did God create this thing, what keeps it spinning? What keeps the sun burning? What keeps all these stars and planets from colliding into each other? Right? What keeps, I mean, you talk about order, you talk about power. What controls the Pacific Ocean? What controls the molten heart of the earth? What controls the seasons and the jet streams and the winds? I mean, even with the effects of the curse in the earth, it takes a lot of power. We have no idea. We can't even catch one lightning bolt. People have tried. If you could catch some lightning bolts, you could power cities for years. Catch one lightning bolt, you could power a city for six months. We ain't got nothing that'll catch them. (laughs) 
If you try to catch one personally, <laughs> it'll be an amazing experience and probably the last thing that you experience. But they tried to catch them with capacitors and stuff, and they hit one end and blow the other end out, and they're gone. That's one lightning bolt. What power's behind all that? God. He's worthy to be praised. His power is so strong, so awesome, so amazing. Amen? Every breath you take, where did it come from? The brightness of your mind to think. Every heartbeat. Every atom, the life in every atom of your being comes from him. We ought to praise him. Right? We ought to be thankful. We ought to acknowledge the life that he gives us in every breath. You know, you don't want to get in works about it, but you just ought to be thankful and realizing all the time what he's doing for you and acknowledging it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the strength to do that. Right? Some really good things worked out for us in a situation just here recently. And one fellow was trying to tell me, you know, he saw it and he was surprised and impressed. And he was trying to take a little credit for it. And I just said, well, we had favor. And he said, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Because I'm not going to give him the credit. I'm not going to give myself the credit. You understand what I'm talking about? Because I know better. It's not a matter of trying to be humble. I just know the truth. Right? I know I couldn't get up and find the door in the morning without his help. That's not a stretch. That's not trying to be humble. That's the truth. That's a reality. I couldn't stand up here and put another sentence together without his sustaining ability. All things are upheld by the word of his power or by the power of his word. Hallelujah. Oh, how wonderful he is. How great he is. He ought to be praised. He's worth praising. Can you say amen? amen. Yeah, I can, it's coming now. I can sense it. Yeah. You got to put your mind on these things, don't you? Because the enemy wants you to forget. The devil wants you to forget. He does not want you to praise the Lord. He wants you to forget. He wants you to get to thinking, I did this myself. Yeah, that's why he loves the theory. Theory of evolution. That man, you know, we were swimming around as a single cell organism and just by sheer determination got some feet and came out of there. Like one fellow said, from the goo to the zoo to you. We got tired of being an ape, lost our tail and jumped out of the tree and said, I'm a man. I am here by sheer willpower. (laughs) And we have persevered and we've outlived every other creature and put a man on the moon. Ain't we something? You're a created being of a far greater being. And if you got any smarts, you'll acknowledge that. Right? And you'll give him the credit. And you'll give him the glory. And you'll give him the praise. Oh, he's worthy. Whoo, glory. That's what ought to be done. 
That's what ought to be done. You see this in this psalm. I'm going to read it out loud. You read it silently with me. But hear the heart of the Lord through this thing. Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. There it is again. Speak up, right? Let us do what? Tell it. Tell it. The Lord saved me. Right? He redeemed me. He healed me. He brought me out of debt. Healed my babies, my grandbabies. Right? Got my business out of trouble. Tell it. I mean, don't bat an eye. Don't hang your head. Don't mince your words. Throw your shoulders back. Lift up your chin. Say, the Lord did it. He did it. He did it. And I'm going to tell it. Right? Folks say, shut up. You say, no. (laughs) No, he did it. And I'm going to tell it. Oh, he didn't do it. You were just lucky. What is luck? Anybody ever been able to identify that mysterious creature? We don't believe in any such things. We believe in the favor of God. We believe in the blessing and mercy and goodness of God. So let him say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he's redeemed from the hand of the enemy. That's us. He gathered them out of the lands from the east, from the west, from the north, from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And what happened? He said, I'm working something out through this. Huh? So you have to stay in it a while. But just keep us. No, no. They cried to him. And what happened? He delivered them out of their distresses. Does he still do the same today? He delivers you when you call on him. He led them forth by the right way. That they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And for his wonderful works to the children of men. How many understand? He said, people ought to praise him for this. Right? Oh, that they would. What does that mean? They're not. Why would you say such a statement? Oh, that you would. You wouldn't say that if people are. Oh, that they would. Verse 9, for he satisfies the longing soul, and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. Have you got a longing in your soul for something? He does what? He satisfies it. You got a hunger in your heart for something? He is the heart hunger satisfier, soul satisfier. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God. See, that's why they were in such a condition. They contemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down. There was none to help. Then they cried to the Lord. What do you do when you get in trouble? Get behind on your bills. You're sick. Don't know what to do. What do you do? Boy, if you got some smarts, you'll call on the Lord, right? You'll cry out to the Lord, help me. Lord, have mercy. And don't just beg, but ask expecting help. They cried to the Lord. And what happened in their trouble? They cried to him. What happened? 
and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness, out of the shadow of death, and broke their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. That's what you've already said, right? Here it comes again. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Why? Why? For what he just did. He brought them out of darkness. He brought them out of poverty. He broke off their bondages and chains. All that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Somebody say, I will. Can you hear the word of the Lord, don't you? All that men would praise him. What do we say? I will. I can't speak for everybody, but I will. Right? He brings me out. I'm going to praise him. He does things for me. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to tell it. Right? I'm not going to take the credit because I work so hard. You understand what I'm saying? Because I was so smart and figured it out in the nighttime and had a plan. If you got a good plan, it's because God gave it to you. Right? Man, I worked hard and sold a bunch of stuff. Oh, you couldn't sell anything unless the Lord would help you. Right? A lot of people don't realize some of the things, it wasn't because of them, it was in spite of them. God had to do amazing things to make it work in spite of some things they were doing. Right? So when it happens, when it comes to pass, you don't go, yeah, man, we pulled it off this time. No, no. Oh, that men would praise him for these wonderful works. Praise him. Praise him. You know, sometimes people will tell Phyllis and I, you know, the Lord's blessed us so much. And sometimes they'll see something we've got or something that's good. They go, well, you deserve it. You work hard. I don't like it. I mean, to me, that's like cussing me almost. Amen. Did you hear me? Yes, I don't like it. Why? Because no, I don't deserve all the things that I have in my life. The Lord's just good. Yes. I said, he's just good. Yeah. He's gracious. We wouldn't know anything. We wouldn't have been able to do anything unless he had taught us and helped us and carried us. And Oh, he ought to be praised. He ought to get the credit. He ought to get the glory. So forget this. We deserve it stuff. Forget it. Don't talk about that. Talk about the goodness of God. Give him the praise. Keep reading. Verse 16. He's broken the gates of brass, cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhors all manner of meat. They draw near to the gates of death. Then what do they do if they're smart? They cry to the Lord in their trouble. Are you seeing a pattern here? They cry to the Lord in their trouble and he did what? He said, not now. Because the time is not yet. But just hold up, keep a good stiff upper lip, and know that I'm working something out, and you won't understand my ways, but I can't deliver you right now. That's not Bible. That's men's thinking. That's people trying to explain things they don't understand. No. What do you see in the Bible? When you call on the Lord, He delivers you. You call on Him, He delivers you. You call on Him, He delivers you. Right? Sometimes people say, well, He's with us. But they don't expect any deliverance. Hold your place right here. We're not through with this. But go back to the 91st Psalm that so many people are familiar with. Psalm 91. I've heard people say in mournful tones, well, he'll be with you. He didn't always promise you he'd heal you. Said who? 
He didn't always promise you he'd give you the money, but he'd said he'd be with you. Really? That ain't what I read. I said, that's not what I read. Let me show you what I read right here. Psalm 91. Anybody ever read Psalm 91? Very familiar. Very familiar. Verse uh, 14. Psalm 91, 14 says, because, this is the Lord talking now, because he has set his love on me, what? Therefore, I might deliver him. No. Therefore, will I deliver him? I will set him on high because he's known my name. He'll call upon me and what? Keep reading. I'll answer him. I will be with him in trouble, period. No, no, just a pause. I will be with him in trouble. What's the next thing say? I will deliver him. He didn't just tell you he'd be with you. He told you he'd be with you and he would deliver you. What does that mean? Get you out. Get you through. Right? How many know you can trust the word of the Lord? If he told you, I will deliver you, can you count on that? You got millions of Christians say, well, you just never know. (laughs) What if you said that about me? What if you came into the airport and you needed somebody to get you? And I said, well, I'll come get you. What time is it? I'll be there. And somebody asked you, was somebody picking you up? You said, well, I talked to Brother Keith. And he said he'd come. But you just never know. About Brother Keith. Well, man, that's an insult. Isn't it? What you call it, you say, I might be a liar. I'm undependable. I'm unfaithful. And people don't realize that's what they're saying about God. He might show up. He might, if he said he would do it, you can count your life on it. He will do it. If he said he'll do it, he'll do it. He said, I, those that call on me, those that set their heart and their love on me, I will be with him in trouble. What else? I will deliver him. I'll show him my salvation with long life. I'll satisfy him and show him my salvation. Somebody say, I believe it. So if he tears his coming, I'm living a long time. Till I'm old and rich and satisfied, then I'll go when me and the Lord get good and ready for me to go and not before. Amen. What about any and every problem or challenge that you could ever possibly get in the rest of your life? What will you do in that? I'll call on the Lord, right? I'll call on him. I'll cry out to him in that trouble. And what will happen? He will hear me. He will answer. We've read it right here. He will answer me. He will be with me in that situation. What else did he say? What else did he say? He will deliver me. Oh, yeah. Oh, I believe it. I'm persuaded. That means I'm coming through everything. Everything. I'm not going down in any situation. I'm coming through it. I'm coming over it. It might look rocky. It might look shaky. It might feel that way. But we don't quit. We don't quit. We just keep standing. Keep believing. And he said he always causes us to triumph. That's what he said.
That's what he said. Glory to God. Why should we praise him? He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. Go back to Psalm 107. Let's finish reading that. Let's finish that up. I'm glad I came tonight. Psalm 107. Verse uh, 19. They cried to the Lord in their trouble. What happened? He saved them. Like he's so faithful to do. Like he always does to people that trust him. He saved them. Out of their distresses, he sent his word and healed them. See, they were real sick. See, it said they lost their appetite and they drew near to the gates of death. They were real sick and near death. But they called on the Lord and cried to him in their trouble. He saved them. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Now, I just have the sense in my heart right now that there's some people, maybe here, maybe over the internet, sick. Had real problems. And one of the big things is they just hadn't been sure. Completely convinced that it was God's will for them to be healed. It is. And you do not have to sit and die. How many of you do not just have to lay in the bed and say, well, I guess this is just God's will for me. It is not God's will for you. It is not. Sickness is not of God. Being cut short in midlife is not God's perfect will for anybody. What you got to understand is you have the Bible teaches you got to resist the works of the enemy, of which sickness and disease and all these things is. You can't just lay there and go, well, whatever the Lord wants. This is not what the Lord wants. You got to rise up and resist it. And you got to say with the psalmist, I will not die. I will live and declare the works and the glory of God. Amen. I'll sing his praises. What's God going to get more glory out of? You perishing in midlife or overcoming and coming out? And then people looking at you and going, you're supposed to be dead. And you go, I know, but I ain't. Why, why aren't you dead? Why aren't you dead? Perfect opportunity. Open door, right? Why aren't you dead? I thought you were supposed to be broke by now. I thought you were going under. I was. But I called on the Lord in my trouble and he heard me and he delivered me. He brought me out. Doesn't God get more glory out of that? Certainly he does. Certainly he does. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from these physical destructions. Verse 21, what does it say? Every time you see that, read that out loud with me. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, that men would praise him. Can you hear the heart of God saying, I mean, he's done all these things. Raised people up from a deathbed. Delivered them from all these problems. And then what does he say? Oh, that people would praise him for that. What do we say? I will. I will. I will. He won't have to tell me, you know, three years from now, why aren't you praising me for all these things I've done? No, I will. I will. I will. Let's remember. Let's keep it in front of us. I will. We give him the credit. We give him the glory. Give him the praise. Verse 22, let him sacrifice. With what? Sacrifices of thanksgiving. And declare his works. With what? Not depressed. With rejoicing. Right? 
He goes on. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. They see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. He commands and raises the stormy wind and lifts up the waves. They mount up to heaven. They go down again to the depths. These are people in a ship in a storm. Up on the wave. Down on the wave. And uh, their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunk man. They're at their wits end. Then what do they do? Man, if you got any sense. You caught in a little rickety boat in a hurricane. They cry to the Lord in their trouble. And he said, sorry, it's my will for you guys to drown. You won't understand it, but I'm working out a mysterious plan. Hmm? No. No. They cry to the Lord in their trouble and, and he brings them out. Oh, I like that. Oh, he has ever brought you out of something. It makes you want to sing the song. You can't tell it. You know, you can't tell it like I can tell it. What he's done for me. Right. He brought me out because I was there. Right. Nobody could convince me it's not God's will to prosper you financially. I was there. Phyllis and I were so broke. I mean, couldn't buy a tank of gas. Behind on everything, he brought us out. I mean, brought us out. I was there. I know it. He did it. Amen. He gets the praise. He gets the glory. I praise him all the time. I praise him all the time. I tell you, riding in that little airplane this week, I'm just praising God all the time. All, I'd flip a switch and go, praise the Lord. <laughs> I looked at the speedometer and I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. I mean, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Why? He did that. He did that. Right? I look at you guys and go, praise the Lord. I look at this place and go, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. He's bringing us out. He's bringing us out of obscurity. He's bringing us out of smallness, right? Bringing us out of weakness into strength, into wide scope, amen, into a broad place, into our wealthy place. Like he said, belongs to every individual, every family, every church, every ministry, everyone. People ought to praise him about it. Oh, that men would praise him. They cried to the Lord in their trouble. And what happened? He brought them out of their distresses. He makes the storm a calm. So that the waves thereof are still. Then they're glad because they be quiet. I guess so. He brings them into their desired haven. They get where they were going. What does verse 31 say? Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works. To the children of men. And we all said. I will. I will. I will. will. 
Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turns rivers into a wilderness, water springs into a dry ground, fruitful land into barrenness, wickedness of them that dwell therein. He turns the wilderness into a standing water and dry ground into water springs. There they make the hungry to dwell and prepare a city for habitation. He sows the fields, plants vineyards that they may yield fruits of increase. He blesses them also so that they are multiplied greatly and suffers not their cattle to decrease. That's their stuff. That's us. Say it out loud. He multiplies me greatly and doesn't suffer my stuff to decrease. Again, they are minished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. He pours contempt upon princes and causes them to wander in the wilderness where there's no way. But he sets the poor on high from affliction and makes him families like a flock. The righteous will see it. They'll rejoice. All iniquity shall stop their mouth. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. When you see how faithful he is to deliver. When you see how he comes through for you again and again and again. How he brings you out. Even when you've done dumb things. You've sinned. You've messed up. Still you can fall on your face and cry out to the Lord. He'll hear you. He'll deliver you. He'll bring you out. Oh that men would praise him. Amen. And I say, I will. I will. Why should we praise the Lord? He's worthy to be praised. He's worth praising. He's done so much. He does so much. He will do so many wonderful things. He ought to be praised. I mean, it's just criminal not to praise Him. Right? It's ignorance. It's darkness not to praise Him. Foolishness. And we're not fools. We're not in the dark. He's brought us into the light. That's why you hear us all the time. Praise you, Lord. Come on, stand up on your feet right now. And just lift your hands and say, praise you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.